This is Life Transformation Radio. Prepare to engage. Seatbelt activated. Download initiated. Your quantum journey of transformation begins in three, two, one. Welcome to Life Transformation Radio. Hi, I'm Rob Actis, best-selling author of The Law of Action, voice actor, business mindset coach, the podcast whisperer, and Mr. Action himself. Here at Life Transformation Radio, we are committed to share more about real life, love, the power of positivity, romance, and of course, laughter. We care about helping others find their internal drive and purpose, and we celebrate life challenges and overcoming them. On the show, my guests are amazing people, who are forces for good in the world around them and live a life of transformation. My guest today does just that. Today in this episode, Kelly Kelly and I discuss how our relationships with yourself creates the standard of every single relationship in your life. So if you want to understand the importance of self-love, create a better relationship with yourself and learn that life gives you what you believe you deserve, this is the show for you. Kelly has spent most of her life ignoring her life's lessons until she realized the dream life she thought was actually a nightmare. She realized that and then her life appeared perfect from the outside, but she was secretly miserable in an emotionally abusive marriage. So she returned her Porsche, went broke overnight, left sunny South Florida and moved across the country to restart her life in the rainy city of Seattle. At the time, she thought she was escaping the toxicity at the time, she thought she was escaping the toxicity. Is that how you say it? Can't even say it. Toxic. Oh my God. I'm going to say, I'm going to change it. At the time, she thought she was. Re- oh my God. It's so funny. At the time, she thought she was escaping the toxicness of a relationship that had consumed her life and didn't realize that she was actually embarking on the greatest journey of her life the journey to self love and self discovery. Kelly, welcome to Life Transformation Radio. Hello, Rob. Thank you for such a beautiful introduction. I am so excited to be here with you today. Glad to have you here. So I did a little research on you and I have to say um, that, uh, you know, your podcast, you know, rest your bitch face is, is, am I close to that? Is my resting bitch face? I mean, I guess that's the greatest way to start this show is, you know, tell us about your resting bitch face. All right. How I cured my resting bitch face. That is my personal brand that I have developed. And the name was actually inspired by my then abusive, now ex-husband. So he would regularly ask me, like this would be a, a typical way to start the day back when I was married and living in Florida. So he would say to me, what's wrong with your face? Why do you look like such a bitch? And at the time, I didn't really understand the toxic circumstances I was living in. And I thought that I was the problem and that things were my fault. And I was the reason I wasn't happy. So my response was always the same. I would say, I don't know. Sorry. It's just, it's just my face. I'll try to change it. And it wasn't until after the fact that I realized I was miserable because I was living in such toxic circumstances. And I really made it my life mission to 
cure my resting bitch face, which was really recover from not only the trauma of being in an emotionally abusive marriage, but also recover from all of the outdated beliefs and the mindset that led me to a toxic relationship in the first place. And that's really my life mission now to give other women the resources and the support to also begin their own healing journey. I love that. The first thing that came to mind, you know, they talk about when you're attacking someone, you're actually looking yourself in the mirror. So he was actually just looking yourself in the mirror. And if you're listening to this show and you're not seeing this on video, if you look at Kelly, she's beautiful. She's got this radiant soul, this just incredible energy that just permeates from her her being. And it's just amazing that someone could look at you and say, you know, you have a bit resting bitch face. I mean, I, you came online and all of a sudden this beautiful smile and this energy about you and this lightness. And it's just, you know, I, I feel bad for him. I feel bad for him, the, all of the, the, the trauma he must be going through to, to treat someone with your energy and not see who you are as this beautiful soul. Yeah, well, I've I've definitely changed a lot as as a human. I am not right. the same person as I was in that relationship, but I do also recognize that hurt people hurt people, and Absolutely. to project such emotional abuse and pain onto somebody else really is just a reflection of their own inner turmoil, and it doesn't um, it doesn't make that behavior acceptable, but it does certainly speak to the extent of pain that individuals have at that level. Yeah. A lot of people, you know, ha- are in relationships and they, they truly are painful and they're toxic. And it's very difficult to, even for some people to realize that they're in a toxic relationship. 100%. And, you know, I honestly, I didn't even realize that I was in a toxic relationship. I knew I wasn't happy. I knew I felt like I was drowning every single day of my life. I knew I couldn't keep up the life I was living, but it wasn't until I was removed from the circumstances and I had that breath of fresh air and I I began to get myself the support and the resources to rebuild my life that I realized, oh no, I was... I was in an emotionally abusive marriage. I ended up in a domestic violence support group. And at first I was like, I don't belong here. I actually told them that. I'm like, I I feel empathy for all of the women in the group here, but I was never physically harmed. Like I don't belong in a domestic violence support group. And I was uh, informed otherwise that emotional abuse is considered domestic violence and that, you know, the internal wounds can almost be more challenging to heal than bruises and broken bones. So I committed to the group and my personal healing journey and everything I experienced made me the person I am today. So I'm very grateful for all of it. Yeah, absolutely. So when you were in this, in this situation, did you get yelled at a lot? Were you yelled at? I, I like, you was, know, the, the typical I was yelled, yelled at. at, I was criticized, um, gaslighting where everything you use is twisted against you. I was manipulated. I was controlled. I wasn't wow. allowed to have friends. It sounds weird, but I wasn't allowed to socialize. Like there were just all of these unspoken rules that just developed over time. And really just, I've, I lived my life like with that walking on eggshells feeling, just trying to just do anything to avoid disrupting the peace because I knew yeah. that there would be there would be consequences for that. And my mental health was the uh, the casualty. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I was in a, in a, in a pretty traumatic marriage. I'm no longer in that. I'm in an incredible marriage now. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I always felt whenever she would yell at me and she used to yell at me like every day, um, was it, I'm like, I would rather you just hit me with a two by four than yell and scream at me it had the impact. And I just discovered the other day, um, I read somewhere that two minutes of being yelled at or even yelling raises your cortisol levels to like the, just the height. And it actually takes away your life. It actually takes away your life force. It actually has reduced your time on this earth. So if you're in a position of being yelled at, really know I, that it's that significant. I mean, whenever I was yelled at, I always felt like, you know, I just got hit. It takes a long time. It took a half a day or a day for me to get out of that environment, to, to get back I, to normal. Yeah, I totally believe that. And actually, I am still dealing with the wellness recovery from this. And, you know, my cortisol levels are still extremely high because stress and repeated exposure to stress just takes such a toll, not only on your mental health, but your physical health as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how long ago was this? How long ago was this? It was pretty much exactly four years ago. So Wow. So it's pretty fresh. It's pretty new. Okay. in March of 2018, well, I'll, I'll rewind a little bit. So December 16th, 2017 is the day that I kind of initiated everything coming undone. Right. I woke up that morning and did not plan on telling my now ex-husband, but I woke up and told him that I wanted a divorce, that I wasn't happy, and I wanted to leave the marriage. I did not commit to leaving the marriage at that point in time, and things did not get better. Shocking, I'm sure. Things actually right. escalated until they were, quite frankly, out of control. And in March, um, middle of March, I just knew I needed to escape. So March 13th, I got on a flight to Washington, and I was there for what was supposed to be a two-week vacation. And during that time, I knew in my heart and soul that I needed to commit to the decision, which was leaving leaving my marriage. So after that two-week vacation, I flew back to Florida, packed some personal belongings in garbage bags, hired a lawyer, uh, went to the bank to try to figure out my finances, realized my ex uh, withdrew every penny we ever earned. So I literally went broke overnight, which means I couldn't afford my car payment anymore. So returned my Porsche. And two days after I returned to Florida, I was on a flight back to Washington to restart my life. Wow. And it's it's interesting because I know I know some of my friends that always are so supportive and listen to this podcast. And one of them that listens religiously, um, she's going through very similar to what you did. And uh, incredibly scary circumstances. Uh, my heart goes out to all men and women that are going through this right now. It's, uh, you know, there's a lot of mental health issues going on in the world right now. And unfortunately, spouses are getting a lot of the brunt of it. And um, I'm glad you're here. We're having this conversation. I think it's important to do that. What are some some ways that, you know, how can I put it? When I knew I wanted a divorce, man, I just knew it. Like I knew it. It was it just a, 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 a switch flipped and it was done. I mean, I just told, and she'd always threatened to get a divorce and I always begged to not divorce me and stuff like that. But when I made the decision, I'm like, we're getting divorced. Get the hell out. We're over. We're done. Here's as much money as I can give you. Go find another, I mean, just go away. And it's interesting. Does it take that? Or is there some signs or symptoms you can look at when you're in an abusive relationship? 
to kind of like realize that because it's hard to see the forest through the trees. Yeah. And, you know, I, I knew for a long time that I was not in a healthy relationship. Right. I wasn't willing or ready to accept that. And right. toxic relationships have this amazing side effect of stripping away your identity and conditioning you to doubt yourself. So even when I did commit to actually leaving, I was just in such a state of confusion and doubt. I didn't know if I was making the best decision by leaving or the worst decision by leaving. I just knew I couldn't live that way anymore. And right. ultimately, it was the fear of regret that led yeah. me to commit to the decision because whether it was the right or the wrong decision, I did not want to wake up 5, 10, 15 years from then and regret not leaving sooner. So that really is what helped me make the decision and overcome all of my other fears was the fear of regret of not making a change. So what was it like yeah. when you made the decision? Like you were finally, you knew that you were closing this chapter. What did that feel like? What was that like? Just take, take me back to that moment where you knew that you had made the decision and that your life will forever change and it was going to be okay. What was that like? How did that feel? Oh my goodness. It was the most liberating feeling and also the most horrifying feeling because I was restarting my life in every possible way. My ex was my business partner. We were realtors. Wow. I didn't feel safe start staying in Florida. I knew right. I would be restarting my business anyway. So I moved to Washington. I was technically homeless. I was living with my sister. I was broke. I didn't have a job because you don't get a job transfer as a realtor. I had to rebuild my business, figure out my life. And I honestly thought life would be as simple as just restarting my life in every possible way. I thought once I left the toxic relationship, I would be happy and feel free. I didn't realize I had so much trauma to recover from to right. actually be in a position to rebuild my life and create the life that I envisioned for myself. So that was really just the beginning of my journey, like actually leaving the relationship. The end is where everything really just began. Now, were you doing this all yourself or did you have support from your friends or your family oh. or... My family was the greatest support system that I ever, ever could imagine to have because they supported me financially because I did not have access to any of my, right. my personal assets. They supported me financially. I lived with my sister. They supported me emotionally. They found a therapist for me. They found the domestic violence support group. Like They truly supported me in every possible way. And I'm incredibly grateful for the support of my family because without them, it would have been a totally different experience. Right, right. So not everybody has an incredible family like you do and not everybody has mm. the support that you have had. So how does a um, someone who's in this situation that doesn't have anybody, what mindset can they get into? Where can they pull from? Where can they get the strength to leave this situation and they have to do it all on themselves? Yeah, that can, that can feel incredibly overwhelming and, and honestly just impossible, but there are resources available. So just knowing that they don't have to do this alone, there are community resources, there are domestic violence support groups. So resources within the community, I 
found the, my support through a, just a Google search. Also, right. you know, I can be a support for someone. That's one of the reasons I'm doing this. I yeah. share a lot of information on my TikTok and my Instagram and social media on just strategies to recover from these circumstances. So there is support available. You just have to give yourself permission to get help and the support you need. Because when you're in a toxic relationship and you experience emotional abuse, you dismiss all of your own personal needs. So to actually recognize that you have needs and that there is a future that's even better than you can imagine if you get yourself the support and resources to recover from the trauma, then you can create that for yourself. So one of the things we talked about in the, in the introduction was um, self-love and how important yeah. that is. Uh, is that something that is needed in order to get out or is this self-love needed in addition to survive? I would say you have to have some degree of self-love to get out, but even more importantly, to recreate your life. And I I missed the life memo that you're supposed to have a relationship with yourself. Like nobody told me, and it wasn't right. intuitive to me that not only are you supposed to have a relationship with yourself, but the relationship with yourself is the most important relationship in your life. It sets the foundation for every other relationship. And without that aspect of self-love, then you're always going to be looking for that love and validation from external sources, which will probably not be the right match for the relationships that are healthy and nurturing and will allow you to to thrive and grow. So that self-love component is everything. And I realized that after leaving my toxic relationship and recognizing that I'm, I'm not happy. I still don't really like myself. I went from being in a toxic relationship with my ex-husband to being realizing I was in a toxic relationship with myself and I wasn't very nice to myself and I had to really just get to know myself because you can't love somebody that you don't really know. So that's that self-discovery aspect. And then really just cultivating that, that sense of self-love for myself. So how does one tap into their self-love? Because I would imagine having self-love will allow you to not put up with that type of treatment. If you're in tune with yourself and you know what you will handle, um, how does someone tap into their self-love to get that muscle moving of self-love and to get stronger and stronger to get out of that situation? Yeah, that's that's a great question. And it really starts with the self-awareness and the self-discovery aspect because you have to know who you are and what you like and what your values are and just who you are as a human in order to actually develop that relationship with yourself because you can't just go from hating yourself or not knowing yourself to loving yourself. Like that's a big, that's a big gap that you're not going to be able to make that leap. So it's lots of little steps of getting to know yourself. Journaling was huge for me. Uh, Journaling was such a gift because it allowed me to process everything I was experiencing and also 
really just cultivate getting to know myself. What do I like? Uh, what are my needs? I had no idea. My entire identity was attached to another person and that person was completely removed from my life. So I really just felt like a shell of a human being. So I had to wow. discover myself again. What do I like? What don't I like? What are my needs? What is self-care? Really? You're supposed to take care of yourself? Like, isn't, isn't that selfish? I thought I had to take care of other people. I didn't right. know. I have to take care of myself. And that's how I'm able to form meaningful relationships. So journaling was a great resource. Actually starting to get to know yourself as a person, understanding what your needs are and recognizing that you have to meet your own needs. You can't expect someone else to meet your needs. Only you right. can meet your needs. Right. And and those were kind of the, the foundation to develop the, the self-love. Love it. So- I'm the narrator for Hal Elrod's book, The Miracle Morning. I don't know if you're familiar with the book or not. Are you familiar yes, with The Miracle Morning? Yes, of course. Okay. Yes. So I'm the narrator for the book, The Miracle Morning, and I'm I'm also the narrator for all the books in this series. But the reason I bring that up is that, you know, self-love is so important. And one of the things that I love about The Miracle Morning, and I've been practicing it for many, many years, um, ever since I was introduced to it, and I did the first Miracle Morning thing almost eight years ago, and it's totally mm-hmm. transformed my life, is that, The power of the Miracle Morning is that it allows you to start your day for you before everybody else. So before you start the day and start doing everything for everybody else, you get up and you spend an hour on self-love for Kelly, self-love for Rob, self-love for insert your name here. And so I invite you to... um, Look into the Miracle Morning. It's a book. It's an audio book. If you like my voice, you can hear me read it to you. I'll narrate it. Um, but that's super powerful to have that. And that part of that is the journaling. And also there's there's meditation and there's exercise. But it's all about taking care of you. And I think that's so important. And, you know, also is to really tap into your self-talk. You know, you think to yourself, you love people. You would never, ever, ever say the things you say to yourself to the people that you love. You would be horrified if any of those words came out of your mouth. Yet the things that people say to themselves are horrific. And so really tap into yourself and really understand what it is that you're saying to yourself and think, would I ever say this to someone in my life, especially someone who's in my inner circle, my tribe? Chances are no. Yeah, that's, I'm, I'm actually so excited you mentioned the miracle morning because I love my morning routine. My morning yeah. routine is extremely high maintenance, but it really is what prepares me for the day. So that way Absolutely. I can start the day with the energy that I want to bring to the day before the day starts controlling what you think it needs. So that's so, so important. And self-talk is also incredibly important because we're usually so aware of when other people are judging us or criticizing us that we fail to recognize that we often judge and criticize ourselves all day long. And having that self-awareness allows you to really identify your self-talk and understand uh, how you are speaking to yourself. And we're usually making things way harder for ourselves than they need to be because we aren't very nice to ourselves. Yeah. And it's always there. It's constantly there. And I think, you know, a lot of people that are in bad relationships, they are suffering from just unworthiness of, they don't feel they deserve better. And meditation, I think, will 
will really get you a sense of calm. And then you get to see things from a different perspective. 100%. Meditation changed my life and it really allowed me to be an observer of my experience because when I left the toxic relationship, my my comfort zone was life feeling hard. I didn't know yeah. life was supposed to feel good. I was used to life feeling hard and I would make it harder for myself to stay in that comfort zone because that's what was familiar to me. And it wasn't until I actually began and committed to my meditation practice that I realized there's so much more and that I'm kind of getting in my own way here. And if I yeah. could, you know, observe how I'm showing up, what my reactions are, uh, then I could actually change them and respond to life rather than just react to life. Right. And one of the things you could, and we'll go back to the miracle morning is that yeah. Hal talks about this is you're responsible for everything in your life. So your life is your life based on the responsibility of all the decisions that you made in your life. So if you're in a toxic relationship and you've gotten out of the toxic relationship, now it's not about you're to blame for your life. You're responsible. And what that frees Mm -hmm. you up to do is if you're responsible to create your life the way it is today, you made decisions with your partner on you getting together with them. You saw certain things in them. So that means if you took the responsibility for that, then now that you're out of it, you have a clean slate and you can take responsibility again and you can be the driver of where your life is going to go now. Exactly. And, you know, when I was in that situation, I was determined to have it somehow be the best thing that ever happened to me. I did not want it to be the worst thing that ever happened to me. And for the longest time, I was very hesitant to share my story because I didn't want people to view me as a victim. And I realized it was because subconsciously I was still viewing myself as a victim. victim. And, And, you know, being a victim is there's, it's such a con, um, complex, uh, scenario. And really it was me not taking ownership and accountability of my life experience. And when you take ownership of your life experience, it's incredibly empowering because that's all you can change is yourself. You can't change other people. You can't change uh, other circumstances. If you're blaming somebody else, then you're giving away your personal power because then you can't make that change. So actually taking ownership of your life experience, where you are, what your situation is, gives you the opportunity to make changes. You can only make changes from that place of personal power. Right. And if you're in the toxic relationship and you've gotten out of the toxic relationship, I think it's really important for you to celebrate and really honor yourself for the strength that you have to get out of that situation or if you're in the process of getting out of that situation. Really, really be joyous and, and just have gratitude of the fact, the strength that you're actually moving out of that situation. And when you're out of the situation, really acknowledge yourself by the, the fact that you've commanded and demanded and have driven to get out of that environment and to thrive and not be a victim and to survive. Absolutely. And one of the one of the best ways to celebrate that and to shift out of that victim mindset is to 
look for the lessons, look for the lessons to, to learn, because that's going to give this story that you're creating meaning. And it's such a more empowering story to create for yourself when you're looking for the lessons to be learned rather than just viewing it as something that happened to you. What, what could you possibly learn from this scenario that you can apply to, to write a new story for yourself? Well, you said, you know, we want you to learn that life gives you what you believe you deserve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So life, life doesn't give you what you want. Life gives you what you think you deserve. And if you don't think you deserve more from life, then you're going to have to settle for a life that's less than that. And life gives you what you tolerate. So if you look around and you look at the relationships in your life or the circumstances and you're settling and you're tolerating, then that's because your beliefs and your mindsets aren't on in alignment with actually uh, creating the different circumstances. Exactly. Now, how do you create the standard of every relationship in your life going forward as you transition from a relationship of abuse? Well, there's, you know, the healing aftermath of a toxic and abusive relationship really comes in phases. So first you need to recover and begin the healing journey from the trauma of the relationship. Then you need to recover and heal from all of the circumstances, the outdated beliefs, the mindset that led you to that relationship in the first place. And then you can actually start to rebuild and recreate your life. So it really comes in phases and you can't neglect any of the phases because then there's going to be gaps and that's the foundation to support the life that you're building for yourself. Yeah, it's it's so important to find support and to find a path to healing. And that's one of the things that Kelly does. And so someone that's in this environment, are you, do you work with people who are in an abusive relationship or people that have survived and are escaping abusive relationship? Most, most of my clients have left an abusive relationship and are at the beginning phases of their healing journey. And that's, and that's what I do. I help guide them through that healing journey. So that way they can finally find that freedom in their life and reestablish their identity and feel confident and really fall in love with themselves so they could fall in love with life. So that's really my, my process is after the toxic relationship. And certainly I can be a support for women or who are still in those circumstances. But most of the clients I work with either through my online program or my one-on-one coaching have already left the, the toxic relationship. That's wonderful. Glad you're there to support them in that transition. So quick question for you. Yeah. It's not an easy question, but it's a quick question. What is your why? What makes you, Kelly, get up out of bed every day? Oh, my, my why is to create a positive impact and help women heal because I know how incredibly difficult it is. I know what it's like to feel broken and to feel such grief and despair and agony and not know how you're going to make it through the day, let alone 
rebuild a life. And I also have experienced the other ends of the spectrum where I got through that. And I know how beautiful life can be. And it can be really challenging from get to get to A to Z without the support and resources. And I was so fortunate and blessed to have found those resources for myself, but I know not everyone has access to them. So if I can provide that to even just one person and help guide them and show them what's possible, that there's so much more to life and life can be so beautiful when you actually go through the healing journey, then that's what makes that's my why, because there's really only two things that can happen after a toxic relationship. Either you commit to your healing journey and change your life in every possible way, and you can live the most beautiful life, or you do nothing and nothing changes. And honestly, you're going to end up in another toxic relationship. That's the harsh reality. So if I can help women break that pattern and create a life that is magical to them, then that's everything for me. Wow. Well, you can visit Kelly at DearDumbBitch.com. And you That's can find my podcast. I, yes. love, I love it. I, yeah. love it. I love it. So you can check her out there and check out her podcast. And, and Kelly, just what a treat to have you here. You're just this beautiful, radiant soul. I'm so glad you crossed paths with me today and with everybody. And I'm so glad to have a chance to have a conversation with you. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so grateful to be here. And I'm so glad we connected. What a treat. And thank you so much for your support taking time out of your busy and precious day to listen to Life Transformation Radio. I so appreciate it. Thank you for allowing me, along with my very special guest, Kelly Kalia, to touch your heart, move your soul, and inspire you to live a life of transformation. I'm Rob Actis. Until next time. This is Life Transformation Radio. Download complete.